It's your buddy and your pal, Ouch, back again with the Retro Wrestling Review. Good to see you, good to hear you. Getting right into today's show, WrestleMania 3 from March 29th, 1987. I wanted to go over this show, mostly because the only thing people remember are two matches, and really it's more one match, one moment, but I'm splitting hairs now. I want to see if those matches could carry a pay-per-view money's worth, or probably back at the time, a closed-circuit theater money's worth, but we'll see. The opening song sounds like a morning cable access show opening song, like, WrestleMania 3, Hogan versus Andre, who's gonna win? Aretha Franklin sings America the Beautiful to open it up, but it certainly feels like Bleeding Gums Murphy singing the national anthem. It's a great Simpsons reference. Don't ask me what episode. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura on commentary. They play it pretty serious. I didn't get any quotes from them, so they are probably the most equal ones to do commentary. Opening matchup. Rick Martell and Tom Zink, the Can-Am connection, going up against Magnificent Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton with Mr. Fuji at ringside. Fine little opener. It almost feels like when people talk about the good old days, like, how wholesome everything was, I mean, people are cheering good guys, booing bad guys, no matter what place on the card. It's, like, I'm halfway expecting the milkman to pop by. That's how old-fashioned this feels. Can the ma'am connection over with an assisted body press? Fine little match. Nothing too special. Billy Jack Haynes and a Hercules video package showing off. Hercules promo references Greek mythology... Amazingly enough, there was actually some in-depthness to that character. In-depthness. I think I made that up. So I'm just as bad as Dusty Rhodes. Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules, it is full Nelson versus full Nelson. That was excitement for 1987, if you can believe that. My, how times have changed. Billy Jack Haynes has Oregon on his tights, a cowboy hat, and a bedazzled jacket. One of these things is not like the other. Decent match, double countout, but followed by a chain strike by Hercules. It's not terrible, but not a whole lot of character in between those two. Notes. Mixed six-man tag, Little Tokyo, Lord Littlebrook, and King Kong Bundy versus Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver, and Haiti Kid. Uh, The rule is big versus big, little versus little. Midget is being tossed around a lot. The word, not the person. The little people got a few comedy spots in. A mild brawl between Hillbilly Jim and King Kong Bundy. I think I've seen Rock'em Sock'em Robots with better techniques and better fights, but... Oh well. King Kong Bundy DQ after a body slam on Little Beaver, so... Then all the little guys team up against him and Hillbilly Jim is against him, but... Eh... So-so. It's it's what you can expect from the talent involved. Harley Race going up against the Junkyard Dog. Loser must bow to the winner. Credits to Harley Race. He was bumping all over the place. He was really tossing it out. It's a hyper-short match, though. Race hits the belly-to-belly suplex. I have written down somewhat questionable three-count, but I cannot remember why. 
Junkyard Dog gives a quick little bow, and then a chair shot, then takes his robe and leaves with the robe, so nobody learns anything. Hulk Hogan promo. My notes were written before any and all controversy. Let's just get that out of the way. This was basically fantastic and everything you wanted in Hulkamania promo. All energy and all conjecture from Hogan, more than anything. The Rougeau brothers going up against the dream team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine, accompanied by Johnny V and Dino Bravo. Uh, dream team promo before the match. Johnny V speaks too fast, and Dino Bravo speaks too bad. So I could not get anything from this promo. The ringside attendants are all called Federettes. Like, no credit is given to them. They're completely forgotten. Uh, there was a future double team spot, an elevated Rough Rider for all intent and purpose from the Rougeos. Uh, interference from Dino Bravo, and the Dream Team sneak a win. And then the rest of the Dream Team turn their back to Beefcake, who is left standing alone in the ring. For no real good reason, more than anything, but it happens. Adrian Adonis on a Roddy Piper feud recap. Weird thought. Why did Piper's Pit become a castle at some point in time? Like, it became a Scottish medieval times. Quick aside on medieval times. I went there as a kid in some vacation one point in time. And they do, like, you know, sword fighting and jousting and stuff like that. Could have swore. Uh, this is probably now affected by memories and time. But I could have swore. Some guy gets hit in the gut with a sword and, like, little pieces of guts fly out. But I know that's not possible. I don't know the explanation if they had stunt suits or whatever. But I could have swore I've seen that. Anyway. Hair versus hair, Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart going against Roddy Piper. It was billed as Roddy Piper's retirement match. Is You can see how much retirement means. Anyway, while Adonis is out of shape, he is heavier and rounder than he looked in that recap. But, oof, no, no I would be punishing him too if I was the boss. Just saying. It's, they, no, everyone thinks Vince McMahon is, you know, cruel and stuff, but no. Adonis was... Rotund, to say the least. Uh, strap being used at the beginning. No DQ by anyone or anything. Jimmy Hart's being used as a weapon. He's tossed twice at Adonis. Nothing happens. Perfume sprayer at Piper blinds him. Adonis hits the goodnight Irene sleeper hold. Premature celebration by Adonis. Doesn't count. Brutus Beefcake comes back out. Revives Piper. Piper gets his sleeper in. Piper over. And that's the match. Uh, there are a lot of skips here for some reason. It's either missing footage, or I just have bad Wi-Fi on my part. Beefcake does most of the shaving, which hence starts his barber run, gives him the rub, as because assumably Piper's leaving, but of course it's wrestling. A fan jumps the rail, congratulates Piper, and then gets quickly grabbed by security. Piper handled it well, but I wonder what... What do people think when they're going to jump the rail on a good thing? Like, yay, you won, and I'm celebrating in front of you. It's like, congrats, now get back behind the security rail. <clears throat> I don't have a drink, so my throat's killing me already. Hart Foundation of Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart being accompanied by Jimmy Hart and their partner Danny Davis going up against Tito Santana and the British Bulldogs with Matilda the Bulldog. Matilda immediately charges after Jimmy Hart. They run to the back. Immediately, a big brawl ensues. A double noggin knockers abound. Very high pace to begin with. A lot of tags. Tons of high movement. Actual, you know, running around. It's amazing. 
And here's the weird part. Danny Davis was getting the most heat out of the heels. It was really weird. I mean, again, it's just probably that time that I don't understand more than anything, but still. You know, simpler times where just being a bad ref gets you. Now everyone has to have, like, a Twitter feud for superstars. British Bulldog had a great tombstone. Looks really good. Danny Davis, you know, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Danny Davis covers British Bulldog. Don't know why. Three count. Hearts and Davis over. Shown on the replay, Davis hits a megaphone shot from Jimmy Hart. Would have been nice if we had seen that, or if there was any actual decent set up for the shot, but no, it just kind of happened. Bobby Heenan promo with Andre. I am done giving Andre a credit anymore. If we look back, wasn't good in the ring, barely speakable on the mic, he was big. That was his, that's his good, and that's the good side, okay? So I'm not giving him a break anymore. I mean, yes, Brain can talk like the best, but it's Andre the Giant. Talk about wrapping paper on a rock. Slick is in the ring, introduces the natural Butch Reed, going up against Coco Beware. Frankie the Bird seems terrified to be out in front of that many people, but I'm assuming the flying feathers are cut. Coco Beware, charismatic as anything, but for him to get recognized at all, he has to keep a bird with him at all times. Or, you know, bright neon Zubas. Either or. Handful of tights, Butch Reed over, nothing else real special in the match. Slick with a cane beat down. Shido Santana comes back out to even the odds. Short and nothing special. I would have cut this match. Ricky Steamboat going up against the Macho Man for the Intercontinental title. If you get the chance, watch the uh, Life and Times of Randy Savage documentary. It's very good. Covers the entire gambit of his career. Uh, In it, Steamboat reveals how meticulous Savage set up this match. Like, move for move. Like, stuff like... Irish whip to ropes, bounce off ropes, like that detailed. I don't know if that's passion or just OCD. You tell me. Probably the best story going into WrestleMania 3, the match, like again, I know this is wrestling sacrilege, but just because you have a ton of pinfalls doesn't mean it's the holy grail of matches. I, I don't know. This match doesn't say much of anything. Now, both are super smooth in the ring, and that's fine, but I'm assuming this is just a product of the 80s. I mean, again, it's, you know, Macho Man hitting him with the ring bell to the throat. Like, this has the most emotional investment to it out of all WrestleMania 3, probably even more so than the main event. So I think that's why people give this credit, this match more credit than anything. I'm not impressed with it. George the Animal Steel interferences, a small package, Ricky Steamboat is the new champ. It's an okay match, but in my opinion, vastly overrated. Uh, Again, near falls. That's not, like, innovation or anything. Like, I don't even think that's innovation for 1987, because that's what you're supposed to be doing, pinning your damn opponent. I don't know. I might argue with everybody on this one. I don't think it's that great of a match. Jake Roberts being accompanied by Alice Cooper going up against the Honky Tonk Man. Alice Cooper is so skinny in the footage, you can almost want to send him a get well card. You think he's sick or something. Uh, another match, I'm either getting tired by this point in time or something, or not impressed, but Honky Tonk Schoolboy while holding the ropes, Honky Tonk over. A slight confrontation between Cooper 
and Jimmy Hart. Damien comes out for the usual snake spot and stuff like that. Decent, but very forgettable. Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov going against B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel of the Killer Bees. Hacksaw comes out to interrupt Volkov singing. Like, I don't remember anything from the match. I have Camel Clutch by Sheik and a blatant 2x4 shot for the DQ. That's all I have down for this match. I was so unimpressed and so tired, apparently. Okay, finally the main event. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Full disclosure, I fell asleep. I don't know, I was just late and that your basement couch is the comfiest couch in your house. But A, they've replayed that ending over and over. So you know the finish, you know the moment, Hulk goes over, all happy and yay. And, like, I don't know, did people think of the logic? I know, they still believed it was, you know, legit back in the day. But, you know, in the 80s, but would you... uh, Again, Andre the Giant gets way too much credit. He was big, wasn't great in the ring, wasn't great on the mic. He was written to be that way more than anything. You are not going to drop that title to him. Yeah. I, a very underwhelming main event to me. Overall, this either shows that WrestleMania 3 was fine for the 80s, but it's very stuck in time. It was In ring, it was mostly competent. I probably would have cut a couple matches. Probably would have got rid of the opening tag, Butch Reed, Coco Beware, and maybe the Iron Sheik Volkai tag team. Those would have been gone, because it's a three-hour show. If there's one thing that drives me crazy, it doesn't need to be three hours. I was... It kills anything. And also, I kind of like more of the cruiserweight, lightweight style, and the 80s was not about that. Like, Ricky Steamboat is probably the best shower but of this example, but, I mean, even then, he does, you know, very pretty arm drags, but that's about it. And to be fair, I was growing up during the Attitude Era, which, depending on what side of the coin you're on, probably did more damage to wrestling than anything, but there was still at least some talent there, and at least some more interest than everyone on this show. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't really have Match of the Night or anything like that. I mean, zero points. I was not impressed by anything on this one. And I mean, all the matches kind of blur, and they're not greatly interesting, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Again, probably showing my age or WrestleMania 3's age. Either or. But that'll be it for WrestleMania 3. If you were raised up in that era, you probably like it, but newer fans, you can probably skip it. Because it's just... It, it, does, it doesn't say anything to me about the moments and stuff like that, but... Oh well. Again, it's in history, so what are you going to do? Okay, next week, WCW back up. Follow me on the Twitter at Just Ouch, capital J-U-S-T, capital A-E-W-C-H. Ah, oh, I really need to think of a finishing bit for this stuff. Or at least look up, I don't know, halfway meaningful song lyrics? I don't know. Whatever. All right, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.